Triple Whale has just launched a simple finance platform called FinHub, and I'm already loving it. One simple dashboard for all the tools and accounts you're already using, so you can gain clarity with your consolidated data, your real-time cash flow, your accrual P&Ls. It's designed to help those brands that are built on Shopify to operate smarter. So go over to triplewhale.com and check it out. I already witnessed a bunch of people in these forums and Facebook groups saying they had the same problem and they would buy the solution. So why can't I just sell the solution? Welcome to a special edition of Rolled Up with the very uh, passionate, very personable, very purpose-driven Vivian Kay. You might know her as the founder and CEO, uh, CEO of Kinky Curly Yaki. You may have heard her on a number of different podcasts, including one that she hosts. And you may have seen her just all over the internet. And the reason it's a special podcast is we are recording in person for the first time in Forever. years. <laughs> <laughs> like a decade, maybe at least it feels like that. So, Vivian, welcome to the uh, the studio in person. Look, I can reach out and touch you. I know uh, it's it feels so good. Thank you for having me. I'm a little bit starstruck by everything by by feeling like recording in person. Someone mm-hmm. that I would just because we met for the first time in Boston. Yes, in in September, Clavio Brazil's the privy event. Yes. You were speaking at Privy? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so since then, uh, Clavio raised some capital, and they're now a $9 billion company. I mean, only $9 billion. Ben sold Privy to Attentive. I know. So we could... Have you talked to him about it? I haven't. No. I congratulated him on Twitter, but uh, shout out to Ben. All right, did I send a text? Should we FaceTime him? Should we give him a real surprise? <laughs> but... Good transition because you're on the cover of the Privy Book. I am. And it's am. all about going from zero to a million in sales. Yes. Which you did with Kinky Kurliaki through uh, through organic channels. Right. Not You always hear about the gurus, the ads of start scaling your business with, with Facebook ads. Once it works, it's add zeros. But, but you got to a seven-figure business without Facebook ads. Right. And this is my kind of way to win to run a business is through organic reach and organic growth because it seems so much more profitable in so many ways and that the LTV of your customers are, are better because they remember how they found you. They right. remember that interaction a lot more. Right. You're not paying rent. There's that, that CAC is the new rent, which is essentially you're paying rent to Facebook or, right. or whomever. Or whatever, yeah. But so you're not, you have more profitable customers and you're not paying rent. So that's why I'm a big fan of of growing a business that way. And that's what we're going to, to chat about today is some of the, the hurdles, some of the, the struggles and some of the strategies that, that others can emulate and hopefully take, uh, take from you. So, so welcome Vivian. This is going to be a, be a good show. Let's get into it. <laughs> so I think the, the first question to ask is, and you, you started a few years ago. Yeah, Was back it in 2012. 2012. Wow. Yeah. So almost, almost a decade ago. Yeah. So when online shopping was still there's there's Amazon. Yep. Yeah. Like but, maybe maybe Best Buy. I'll, I'll turn it over to you because you you tell your story far better than I can. A because you lived it, and B I'm just trying to 
to remember what I what I heard on a show that was maybe three years ago. So <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got started and what your your initial products were and what that was like that phase of the business. Yeah, well, when I started Kinky Curly Yaki, it was I was actually running another business. Mm-hmm. So I was a wedding decorator, and I needed something that would look quote unquote presentable. Mm-hmm. So as a black woman, what that means is I needed something that looked, that would fit into corporate culture. So uh, a lot of black women, I'm talking, you know, Oprah, Serena Williams, Beyonce, they all wear what we call protective styles. Mm -hmm. So that's either a wig, a weave, or braids. Mm -hmm. Um, And only because our hair isn't necessarily suited to this North American environment. That's number one. Mm -hmm. And then number two... Uh, it takes, like, you know, if you have any friends that have curly hair, I mean, Lucas, you don't have any, but. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> that was terrible. That was terrible. No, I have a full head of hair. You visible. have a full head it, of If it was, oh. was a vlog on YouTube, mm-hmm. you, you would see it, you but you're just going to have to take my word for it. Yeah. That... But anyways, I wanted, I wanted hair that looked like my hair. Mm-hmm. I wanted hair extensions that I could protect my hair with. That looked like my hair. But when I went looking for it, it was either buried underneath silkier textures, which is quote unquote more acceptable. I'm not sure why I use quotes there, but it was more acceptable. So if I didn't find it was buried underneath the silkier textures or it didn't exist at all. Mm-hmm. So at the time, you know, I was running my successful wedding business. I thought, ah, this is like, there's a gap. I see this gap in the market. And I'm one of those people. I, I always see the gaps. Like I, yep. you know, I see a gap and I'm, and I'm always thinking, how could, how could I solve that problem? Like I'm a problem solver. Mm -hmm. And so uh, at the time I was like, I'm already running this one business that's doing really well. I had started it, figured it out, was doing six figures. So I was, I was happy. I didn't set out to be. You're in a comfortable spot. Yeah. I didn't set out to be a serial entrepreneur. Yeah. Right. Um, Because I had never seen it happening around me. So I didn't know that someone like me with my unconventional background and, and all that could accomplish something like that right so i you know i put i filed the idea in the back of my head and just sort of kept moving you know kept going around about my business and then i went to a i went to what happened i went to a networking event and at that networking event another black woman had pulled me aside actually wait let me rewind i went and did my own research. So I joined Facebook groups. I was in hair forums trying to solve my own problem. While I was pr- trying to solve my own problem, I also became, um, you know, a value in these forums that I joined. So I was being Vivian in mm-hmm. these Facebook groups. So people would remember me and that, you know, that sort of thing. And of course I also saw other people having that same problem. Mm-hmm. So it sort of confirmed, okay, what this ki- is a viable business. What kind of groups were they? These were hair care, like black Hair oh, care wow. groups, yeah. So black hair care groups, um, you know, black weave forums or uh, hair extension forums, yeah. um, you know, that type of thing. And, of course, I started to see more people with the same problems, same pain points that I had. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, again, I was running a successful business. I was happy. But then I did my own research. I, you know, reached out to manufacturers to create a product for myself to solve my own problem. Yeah. Right. And so once I got that problem solved, I was happy with the solution. I went to a networking event and another black woman pulled me aside to ask me who my hairdresser was and what my regimen was for getting my hair to look the way it did. Mm-hmm. 
And I was like, girl, this is a weave. And she said, I would buy that. So she could tell it was fake. She couldn't tell. And that's the highest compliment that can be paid, right? To, wow. To anyone. Yeah. Wearing anything, right? So if, if, if another black woman can't tell you're wearing hair extensions, then you've you done know a really you've got good something. job. You've got, you've got something. And so for me, that's when the light bulb went off, right? So she said she would buy it. I had already bought it. I already witnessed a bunch of people in these forums and Facebook groups saying they had the same problem and they would buy the solution. So why can't I just sell the solution? Yeah. And so then in the down season of my wedding business in December of 2012, I mm-hmm. launched Kinky Curly Yaki. Wow. Yeah. And so you get to, to launch. So did you just order a bunch of stuff, a bunch of products from the supplier? How many different how much inventory did you have to start how did those initial sales go you got to so it's december 2012 it's the down season of your business and you've uh you've ordered ordered some inventory i assume you made a website what happened next with with how you started started sharing those were you in the communities did you go back to the woman that that couldn't tell how did you okay so now that you're how did i start yeah you're ready to launch how did you put your foot on the gas and start to get some momentum yeah well i i just sort of did it so i didn't have like a whole launch plan or you know budget or anything all i did was i created a website on big cartel Wow, that is a throwback. A I know, that's a name, right? Yep, Volusion, I, uh, the, the old players. Yeah. yeah. Yahoo Commerce. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I started the website on Big Cartel, and, uh, you know, I just took, I, I bought, uh, let's see, I started out with uh, three SKUs. Yep. And I, I bought one of each in three different lengths. So let's mm-hmm. say that's 12. So I started out with 12 products, took pictures of them. Yeah. And that's how I started my business. So someone, so for these hair extensions at the time, what I was selling, you couldn't just buy one. Mm-hmm. You typically needed to do your full head. So you would either buy two or two and a half or three. So if someone would come to the website and buy two bundles, I would take the money and the profit and buy two more. Mm-hmm. And I slowly built up my inventory. So you know those Rubbermaid bins with the with the drawers. Yeah, yeah. So yep. So it's like a little shelf kind yeah, of yeah, little shelf thing. Yep. Yeah. So that's how I started my business. Wow. That's where I started it. And you know, today we're in a thousand square foot uh, warehouse space. But that's how I started. And how I was able to uh, get the word out was I just parroted back what I'd already read in these forums, mm-hmm. right? Um, well, actually, sorry, let me, let me rewind. So what I first did was I sent it to a girl that I knew already wore this type of texture. So mm-hmm. the type of textures that I sell are kinky textures. So we're talking really tight curls, really coarse, straight hair, things that are, you know, textures that are found in the African diaspora, mm-hmm. right? Which wasn't typically sold at the beauty supply stores or even readily available, period. And so then... I reached out to this girl who I knew wore kinky textures and said, hey, girl, would you mind just trying this hair? Because I know it's good, but I need someone else's opinion. Yeah, you want, you're pretty invested in it. Yeah. It's, it's your baby at this right, point. Right, right. And so then she took the hair, you know, 
she basically this was the first piece of user generated content mm-hmm. and she blew it out of the water she posted it on a, a hair that same hair form that i was a part of mm-hmm. and was like this is the best stuff i've ever had and you know because kinky texture kinky textured hair extensions had a really bad reputation just because kinky hair period is really high maintenance mm-hmm. and so to create that in hair extension form Again, it's high maintenance. So if your own hair is really high maintenance, I mean, getting hair extensions is like just double the work. Yeah. Right. But if you want something that looks like your hair so that it looks believable, Mm -hmm. that's what you got to do. Long story short, she helped to blow up my business and grow my business. I made just under $500,000 that first year. My first piece of user generated content, it blew up the business. I did just under 500,000 US in the first year. Wow. Yeah. And wow. just, and, good and, for you. So, here's for the context. funny thing is, for the first six months, no one knew it was my business. <laughs> like, that because that's the crutch. Your, your whole personality is Vivian. Right. I assumed it would have been some sort of. Uh, Vivian's hair hair no. extensions, hair extensions by by Vivian. No, which was interesting because my that business is was Vivian's decor designs, but this one because I knew yep. the audience and I knew how very particular they could be about this product, um, I was very hesitant to attach myself to it. Yeah. So I just sort of had this, you know, I just sort of presented it to the world as, "Hey, here's another company selling this product." Right. Um, but here's then- a supplier. Here's a, no, not even, yeah, here's a supplier. Yeah. But then what happened was about six months into the business, I guess it, would, it just had gotten really successful. And someone mm-hmm. in the Facebook groups was like, we need to know who, who's behind this business because they know way too much. Like they, <laughs> There's a just, mole. Yeah, like, and that's exactly how they presented we it. They smoke were like, them out. They, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> so what happened was I forgot to get the who is on my no, yeah. I was, that's not I forgot. I was too cheap yeah. to get the who is <laughs> well, at the time. It's, it's nine bucks. You don't even <laughs> no, know. But like time. how it's twice the cost of the web. So I'm not going to do anything with it. Who's looking this up? <laughs> well, someone did. Yeah. And created a fake Facebook profile oh, to no. out me to these groups saying, look, who's the, you know, who's the person behind this company? She's been a mole. She's been in our group. She's been da 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 da. And everyone was like, wait a minute. Vivian's behind this company all the more reason to support it because it's not like I went into those groups and I just was quiet and you know just secretly stole information I participated because I was trying to solve my own problem right so I was being of value I was being funny I was you know giving advice I was doing all the things that you should do when you're when you're interacting or engaging in the in communities that you're interested in any community any community right you need to engage with the members so i mean because that's your that's your ground zero yeah that's where that's where it's sort of, and if you can't get them to like a product people who are exactly. in, in their natural habitat candid don't give a shit right if they're not going to like the product how are you going to survive in a store shelf exactly. on, on Instagram when people are just exactly. browsing as fast as they can. Exactly. And, but at the time that's, I, I didn't know that's what I was doing. I just thought that that was just the smart thing to do. Well, it, it is, but right. apparently um, it's still shocking. Yeah. We, yeah. we were talking earlier, we could charge $5,000 a day to coach people and tell them to do just that. Right. So, so if you are looking to hire one of us as a coach, we are not available, <laughs> but just be a decent human being in in communities you're already in and see where that takes you. Because as right. both Vivian and I have learned, that can get you six figures in your first year. Right. All right. So it was, um, 
you know, and then, and that's when the business really took off because now there was a person that they knew who they knew understood the struggle. Mm. I was, I understood the pain points. I understood the pain of the, having the little nuances yeah. of if you don't take it off uh, at yeah. night and yeah. put it away properly yeah. when you're exhausted yeah. and maybe a little bit tipsy yeah. that you've ruined your investment. Right. The, the little nuances right. like that, that just, you don't really get if you haven't yeah. been there yourself. Yep. Yeah. So that, that, Blew my business up. Wow. Yeah. So that was, so that would have been 2013, mm-hmm. 2014. Yep. And so what would you say the biggest changes since then have been as the industry's drastically different now than it is or, or than it was? Um, there's all on the tech side, all kinds of privacy things. And I'm just yeah. thinking, because I got my first sale around the same time of year, but in 2014. Right. Very similar story. A lot of dog-specific Facebook groups that, again, started as a member end of trying to find mm-hmm. a product that wasn't insanely expensive because mm-hmm. we had big dogs and wasn't filled with additives and all kinds of crap. Right. So what do you say the big differences in the ecosystem then versus now mm-hmm. and, and the changes that we've seen in the last, well, they said 10 years and 90 days e-commerce grew, but eight, mm-hmm. eight actual years, 18 e-commerce years um the biggest changes i would say uh i would say probably in consumer behavior i would say yeah um because a lot more people like people are consuming a lot more than Mm -hmm. they were back when i started right or hmm, wait let me let me let me rephrase that how people find out about products like back in my day yeah. <laughs> <laughs> back in my day get off my lawn um back in my day people found out about products through word of mouth mm-hmm. right and you know and user generated content like true user generated content yeah whereas now it's pay for play everything if everything. i see i saw this quote and it's not that different like both you and i have sponsors mm-hmm. we have brand deals mm-hmm. which is another crazy thing to say mm-hmm. But at the Floyd Mayweather, Logan Paul fight, right. Floyd Mayweather came out and said, all these brands, are they sponsors? No, get them off the table. Yeah. But that's just how I assume any content is now from yeah. even Netflix with the the Headspace show. That's pay to play. I, ever, I just assume everything yeah. is pay to play. Yep. Like, actually, I started watching the show Superstore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in the first episode, I saw this display of LaCroix. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. A couple episodes later. I'm seeing LaCroix, like usually, you know, on like say Big Bang Theory, you see that they're kind of hiding cans yeah, or whatever. Or, but on this show, it's like, oh, I'm like LaCroix, holy cheese. There's that brand of beer that's in every show yes. that doesn't actually exist. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. But, um, but anyways, um, but yeah, just the fact that now it's like, I, I don't, I don't trust mm-hmm. anything. Like before, again, it was user generated content or it was through word of mouth. Whereas now it's all paid, it's all pay to play. It's all, well, is that actually like, did you genuinely like that or were you paid to say you like it? Yeah. And so that's a huge difference. And for me, it's been, um, you know, it's sort of, it sort of left a distaste in my mouth because when I started my business, I started it to solve a problem. Yeah. And my own problem and to solve other black women's problems. And really the source of that was for, was really to give black women the confidence to show up as they are in the world. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, as a demographic, we're one of the most underserved, 
um, but culturally relevant. Like we create the culture. Yeah. Like any of the stuff you see on TikTok would no, not exist. No. If it wasn't for black people and especially black women. And you have no shortage of black female celebrities you can name right. and that you can follow that are in popular culture. Right. But where are the black female investment bankers exactly. or the black female entrepreneurs raising a gazillion dollars right. for their businesses? Right. Right. And so what started to happen was, of course, because, you know, and even with what with Kinky Curly Yaki, that niche did not exist before I started this business. Mm -hmm. So I created the niche. I am the pioneer of the kinky textured hair extension niche. And what started to happen was bigger players, mm -hmm. Chinese players started to come in um, and it was pay to play. So they would pay black women to front their business, mm -hmm. to give the to give that authenticity. Um, and so that makes it very different because they can do everything faster, cheaper, and direct and more they direct. They can go on Amazon, everything. That's what happens. So then what listings. started to happen, they would start to, people would start to compare my business to what they could find on Amazon. Mm -hmm. It's like, but I'm not Amazon. I don't have that same infrastructure. I don't have that same capital. I don't have that investment. Right. And so then it's sort of, again, I mentioned it before. It's, it's left this distaste in my mouth because I loved giving black women the confidence to show up as themselves, mm -hmm. but now it's become a, well, how can I give black women the confidence, but cheaper, but that's not why I got into the game. That is not the reason why I started this business. Yeah. That's, so. I mean, there's a lot to, to unpack there or mm -hmm. just on, on many, <laughs> I think yeah. everything could other be, episodes. <laughs> I think, I think uh, Chinese sellers hijacking Amazon listings. That yeah. that could be a true crime series. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let alone yeah. a comment. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast right there. So did you ever sell on Amazon? No, absolutely not. Yeah. Because I think, you know, one of the things that I tell, uh, you know, I tell people who are starting out businesses is that you need to do something. You need to be the company that Amazon can't be. Mm -hmm. Right? You need to you need to put your face on it because Amazon, Amazon can't mimic that no. Chinese competitors can't mimic that. And that's why they started hiring women that looked like me to front the companies, to give people the impression that this was a black owned company. So then what did I have to do? Hey, I'm actually a black woman. I understand your pain. Here's, you know, I'm a single mother. I'm an immigrant. I'm a college dropout. I'm, I've overcome all these obstacles to create this company so that you can show up in the world as fully 100% yourself with some help, right? Yeah. But these Chinese companies, these Amazons, like all they can't compete with that. No. And it's they don't care. They don't care they about anything. They don't care. They don't give a rat's ass about you. No, it's just how much money can we make? And on the more positive side, what are some of the trends that you've seen in the last few years since we we were starting out in the the early 2010s to now in the almost a decade later? <laughs> early 2010s. That sounds funny. Um well, you know, companies like Shopify Shopify mm -hmm. making e-commerce more accessible to more people. Yeah, because you started on big, or not big even cartel. big commerce, big cartel. Yeah, yeah, and I, I switched over to Shopify in 2015 mm -hmm. uh, because my business was growing, but big cartel didn't have any reporting. <laughs> they didn't have any proper reporting. I couldn't, I, I couldn't manage inventory properly on that platform. And I remembered, you know, there's a shop I heard, a little Canadian website that I'd heard about, and you know. It's just interting to see what they've turned into in well, it's you know the machine. <laughs> it's a machine. And like I mean, you're from Hamilton. Yeah. I was born there, so I've I've heard the stories of uh the I see side hustles say get into the vending machine business and I, I remember reading the mob stories how they love vending machines. I'm thinking, really, you're gonna get in you want mob business as a side hustle. 
But all the companies, whether it's Amazon or Shopify, that take a little percentage of every sale, mm-hmm. that's a tax. Yeah. Yeah. That's that that that's some points. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, you know, seeing that, seeing, you know, seeing e-commerce become more accessible and seeing, you know, people, little businesses, like people who thought, you know, having a business was not possible for them. Yeah. Platforms like that have made it possible and more mm. accessible again, right? So that's that's what I love about it. And then being able to teach and share my story. Yeah. Because everyone thinks that you need to have, you know, a million dollars in your bank account and an MBA to start a business. I'm the exact opposite of that, right? I'm an immigrant. I'm a college dropout. And I'm also a single mother. But I've managed to build a seven-figure business. Like, I've done over six million in sales, U.S. Yeah. And that's something that I just figured out all on my own. And when you think the average Canadian business, because I was looking at, at the stats, because I'm always like, oh, God, and it's, I'm not. Oh, I've never and, heard this. Go. And then you, you, I'm just always like, oh, God. It's, mm-hmm. And you look at the average business stats. Mm-hmm. The average Canadian business is about 600K in revenue a year. Wow. So you hit that in your first year. Yeah. Which is. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you can say, yeah, I had a little bit of luck and it, you know, it could be timing. It could be a bunch. Yeah, of but you can have a little bit of bad luck that sinks you. And so, I have had a yeah. lot of bad luck, you, you, right? if you, And uh, you said this on on Kurt's podcast about, about going through shit. Mm-hmm. And for me, I wish I learned that. I wish I'd heard that earlier because I get served a bowl of shit and I would just <laughs> eat it. And then, you know, what my next meal was another bowl of shit that I had to eat. <laughs> Instead of just like getting through it as fast as right, I can. right. No, you got to take that shit and turn it into manure or you kombucha do. or something. <laughs> <laughs> Think of shit as kombucha, right? I like, I like kombucha. It's bitter. Well, there you, there you go. But it's disgusting. But it starts off as shit, mm-hmm. right? But it turns your gut flora into, I, you know, that's a whole other, that's a whole other conversation. But yeah, you know, it's, and I, and I love, sh- I love sharing my story so that people can see what's possible, right? And, you know, you yeah, you go listen to some bro on YouTube or on a podcast that's like, yeah, bro, you know, a million and 30 days and Lambos and Gucci and women for life. Uh, that's not for everybody. You can start up a little small business and, you know, make, I don't know, 35000 a year. That's still life-changing money yeah. for some people. And there's nothing wrong with that. Well, especially think about how many people have learned to just illustrate by by tracing tracing things on their iPads and then selling sticker laptop stickers on Etsy. Right. You make an extra 1000 bucks a month doing that. That pays for a lot of things. Yeah, like it's life-changing money. And so that's that's the beautiful thing about e-commerce and what it's done for people, period. It's mm-hmm. just given, you know, it's given a, it's given access to people who probably wouldn't have had that access had they not had a network or a university or a buddy or your dad working for, you know, the CEO of some company and he gave you some cash. No, you can start with zero and make yeah. it into something. Or some sort of development resources. Right. The fact that you can go out and build a website that takes credit cards and it's right. safe and secure yep. with, with knowing zero code. Yep. Not a single line of code. You don't need to. Not know even anybody. Photoshop. Nope. Not even Photoshop. You can put it up there yep. and have a, a functioning, working website in an hour. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's a beautiful thing. And I, I'm, I'm grateful to be, I'm grateful that it's been part of my journey and grateful that I can be part of other people's journey in creating, you know, a business or a life for themselves. But yeah, it's been, it's been a great ride. Mm-hmm. If you were to say... One, one skill that you've picked up along the way or something that you've learned 
and and you were to go back and and tell yourself, Viv, just it's going to be worth it for this alone. Right. What would you say that skill is? Being confident in myself. Yeah. Because that that's really what a lot of um, like when I work with when I when I worked with new entrepreneurs, that was really what the sticking point was for them was being confident in their abilities. And so if I had to go back to talk to myself nine years ago Mm -hmm. and say, I'd say, Vivian, you know what you're doing. You know more than you think, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's just what's, you get caught up in what other people, how other people do it and their how. And so just don't worry about the how Vivian, just focus on the why. I like that. I like that a lot. I think that's a great point to, to wrap it up as well. So Vivian, where can people find a little bit more of you? Where can they, they, they see you? Where, where do you want to send people listening to this podcast? I know where I'm, I want to send them. I want them to go hit that subscribe button on your YouTube channel. Watch the videos, get your 4,000 watch hours or whatever you need to get that monetization. This is the first money I ever made online. It was for a video I did for a school project. Okay. I got an email from Google saying, we want to monetize your account. Mm. Give us your bank details. Mm. And I'm thinking, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That Google's going to pay me. No. No way. You can send me a check if you're serious. Right. Okay. I got a check for 600 bucks US. Nice. <laughs> it paid for the course. Nice. What? And I'm like, this is a thing? <laughs> So I want you to experience that. So go subscribe to Vivian's YouTube channel. Where else can people find you? Um, I'm an absolute pleasure to follow on the Instagrams. Yes, you are. My Instagram stories are legendary. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can follow me there. I-T-S-V-I-V-I-A-N-K-A-Y-E. It's Vivian K. Shout out Mrs. G. Yes. The character from the stories. <laughs> yes. I have a lot of inside jokes in my stories, so you're <laughs> going to have to pay attention to more than one. So, uh, But yeah, that's where you can find me. Instagram and YouTube. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Hopefully we can hear more of you soon. We'll leave it at that. And uh, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review on Apple and all that jazz. Delivering Amazon-like speed to customers. That's what TB12 wanted when they went with ShipBob, and that's what they got. In addition to 25% cost savings since switching 3PLs to ShipBob, if the GOAT Tom Brady trusts ShipBob with his company, you should too head to ShipBob.com, get a quote, see how much you could be saving while also growing your business. Triple Whale is doing some amazing things nowadays. They're developing just a huge range of tools to help your brand stay informed and scale. And Whale Mail is where you can get all these details. So head over to triplewhale.com and sign up today.